uh, we're launching very soon. And uh, I would not even declare my product as a protein powder, but more as a performance and recovery shake suited for athletes in particular to increase uh, and uh, improve athleticism. And he's here. He is here. Cristiano has entered the building. Yes, guys, welcome back to today's episode of Sculpted. Today, we are talking about nutrition and how our guest, Val, uses nutrition and his obsession over the smallest details to sculpt himself on a daily basis. And today, we're here, Charlie, me, and Val. And that's all today's episode is going to be. So, Val, if you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Thank you, guys. First of all, I want to uh, thank you both for having me as your first real guest in that sense. I know you spoke already to Monk and it was very cool to learn about the experiences Charlie had in India. And uh, yeah, to to uh, tell you guys a little bit about myself, uh, my name is Valentin and I currently play professionally in um, Greece in the second league there. Uh, it's my first professional year and um, talking about nutrition today. It's been a long path for myself and I've tested very uh, many different things in terms of nutrition and what works for me and uh, what may, what you guys could maybe take from it. Yeah, sweet. I mean, I think that um, for athletes specifically in all sports, nutrition is something very, very difficult to, uh, I wouldn't say master because no one's really mastered nutrition, but it's something that I know athletes really struggle with. Me personally, myself, even I think the statistic is one in four athletes develop an eating disorder or disorderly eating through obsession over details like this. And I know for myself, being one of those obsessive people, I fell in the rabbit hole of developing an eating disorder because I was so stuck in my ways of tracking calories, obsessing over those fine details, not eating enough because I thought that I had to get well, I, I do need to get to a certain, um, as a footballer or any athlete, you do need to get to a specific fat percentage. But for me, I was obsessing over it too much. And that's just my personality type, right? But for different people, obsessing over certain things work better for others. And I know, Charlie, you really do focus on your nutrition a lot. And for you guys, maybe obsessing over specific things really help you in some parts of your life. And they might hinder you and others. So, yeah, I think, Charlie, if you just quickly give an insight into how you you focus on nutrition on a day-to-day basis, I think that'd be really, really good. Yeah, so for me, I have was always, since I was young, maybe 11, 12, very healthy and similar to what you just brought up, Nick. When I was that age, if there was anything in sight, whether it was uh, a fizzy drink, even a sports drink, a uh, piece of chocolate, anything i just wouldn't touch it and at some point i was so skinny i would like i would literally just eat healthy food and just drink water at that age probably like 11 12 and then i progressed on and when i came over to england if you guys don't know i moved over i was back and forth to england for trials and and at clubs and i was so behind and not physically developed um i got told by um one of the scouts that brought me over you need to put on some size, you need to bulk up. And I took it the other way. Then I started having desserts after meals and trying to dirty bulk because I wasn't educated on actually how to do it properly. 
And then when I uh, I'll cut forward, I'll jump forward to today, um, I more um, look at it from a balanced approach. Um, but at the same time, I make sure I, I am in that um, what you mentioned the the right body fat percentage to perform at my optimal um, at my optimal level. And I think it varies club to club. But um, from my previous experience, um, the clubs I've been at um, that is normally below 10% body fat um, at my previous club of Plymouth. Um, if you were above 10% body fat, um, you were fined. Um, so it is quite, it's quite ruthless. So you can't have a, a normal diet to compare to some of your mates outside of football or outside of professional sports. But it's, um, it's a sacrifice. And I think, um, Val, if you want to touch on that, if you've experienced something similar or how you can... Um, adapt and um, and really just educate people on from your experiences yeah for sure I have a similar approach or um, belief to Charlie's and uh, we also had a call about this topic a few months ago and um, we spoke about different um, strategies and how I incorporate nutrition in my daily life in order to sculpt myself and uh, improve I just want to give you guys some history about myself. So um, I basically tested everything possible in the nutrition sector. I myself um, am lactose intolerant, which was diagnosed when I was uh, roughly 16. Uh, I had huge problems with uh, consuming lactose and um, whey, whey products in, in that sense, um, like milk, um, which gotten so far that I also missed school days because I had stomach issues. And um, I had a low attendance at school, which ultimately came down to uh, lactose problems, as well as to a lot of air being in my stomach. And this was caused primarily through like fizzy drinks and um, sparkling water. I loved drinking sparkling water. I was never a guy who drank still, uh, but I, I made the switch then. And um, so I tried to focus myself more on, on um, my nutrition, try different things. Also, when I was 16, when I was just diagnosed with different, um, with lactose and, and with different uh, foods that I cannot consume, um, I've, I've started to become vegetarian and I've tried it for one and a half years. And at the time, I really believed that it helped me and uh, that I got more energy off of it. Currently, I switched back to eating meat and focusing more on and eating protein at every meal and every snack I consume. But um, I also had a mind-shifting moment when I was roughly 16. Um, I was partying a lot. I want to be honest and transparent with you guys. Um, you know, I wanted to fit in with my with my um, teammates and with my friends. Uh, we, we went out a lot, we drank uh, alcohol. And uh, in the summer of my under 15 years, my coaches told me that, that they want to release me because I let down my, my squad down on one occasion. And me and my best friend, we went to a house party and uh, we we told our our teammates that we we are gone with our families and they caught us and that they wanted to kick me out of the club. At that moment, I I, I was on the verge to to um, lose my my dream of becoming a professional footballer. I've worked ten years for that and and that moment it felt like it's it's going away. So I think that was my my most impactful moment in my career so far. And I'm very thankful for my coaches and I have a good relationship with them. But I also think it's up to the small details like those shifting towards your ambitions and uh, focusing on them, being committed 100% to, uh, to your dreams. You know, you're the one 
who has the dreams, who's allowed to dream big like you guys are. And I find that fascinating, inspiring. And for me, it's just the small details. I currently don't drink alcohol anymore. I have no problem with being uh, the person um, that is always being called on, oh, you don't drink alcohol, you don't have fun. Uh, I have a different approach. Um, I find alcohol as being uh, a, a poison in that sense because in, in, in theory, it's giving yourself uh, a poison, you know, which, which affects your performance. And so I skipped that. My girlfriend, for example, l likes to drink alcohol because of the social aspect of it and going out. I have no problem. We have a good balanced relationship in that sense, but it's just not for me. And I personally believe, uh, and I'm, I'm a big fan of nutrition in, in the terms of it can, it can make the difference between a good and a great athlete. Because if you focus down and get your nutrition right, because every individual or every athlete is different and has his own individual needs. Um, for example, maybe more uh, for, for Nick um, in the past, counting calories or tracking his macronutrients uh, has helped. I personally have never counted macros in that sense. And um, I've always committed to just eating a balanced diet. Me and Charlie spoke about an 80-20 rule. You know, I, I stick to 80% good, but I also like to enjoy myself. I want to be honest. I also consume some uh, snacks, uh, like snacks in terms of chips or some sweets or some ice cream. You know, I don't have a problem with that because I believe if I restrict myself of those things, always needing to uh, commit to 100% um, healthy nutrition, I, I, I it, it has a negative effect on my um, performance because uh, restricting myself, I believe, is is the thing that um, holds many people back because and um, they get like um, how should I say um, and like tied in and I I think it, it should be some kind of freedom for the people on the one side to enjoy some things and not to restrict you know still live your life. But of course, you can also um, be free in, in that sense and have a good balance between 80% good foods that benefit you, that get you um, recovered faster and whatsoever. So that's my approach to, to nutrition. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that the, the, the thing that you touched on when you're talking about the 80-20 rule, now that's a rule that a lot of people in sports, life, anything i think that's a rule that a lot of people can apply to benefit themselves uh nutritionally now i'll, I'll be 100 percent honest i tried this myself this technique did not work with me and this this is what led me so i i think prior to COVID, for three years i didn't I, I was you know charlie how you were talking about like added sugars anything that the type of instant gratification foods right I completely restricted, didn't eat them. I'm very black and white. Something that most people probably have noticed from even just listening to a few episodes, I'm very black and white about how I think. And the 80-20 rule never worked for me, basically. It was, I ended up binge eating or not eating. That's what it was basically for me. And that's just my personality type. And if we were to add another person into this chat, right, that statistic remains true. One in four athletes like us would have an eating disorder or disordered eating. That's me, right? That's because my obsession over the, the small details and, for example, the 80-20 rule, that didn't work for me, but it can work for others. And Val, I found it really interesting how you actually came from a perspective of where 
you kind of fight you kind of you kind of found yourself out of track and then you pulled yourself back into alignment right for me i never was i, I sorry i feel like i was always out of track but i've never been able to pull myself in because the work that i was doing was too much and now i can't look at food the same way ever again because i know exactly how many calories are in it I know exactly what effect this has on my training the next day. I know what I would say is that I'm almost too educated in nutritional aspects sometimes that it hinders me. And now, Charlie, I know that you probably have that same knowledge and that same obsession, but you have a much better relationship with food than I would because if I eat one thing that's unhealthy for me, then I've I've failed that whole week, basically. I think- I think, Nick, what you're talking about is you went through that period, so now you've come at the other side of it, and you've you're almost not the same, um, which is in other areas of the life, other areas of lives. Um, um, I, that is totally agreeable for myself. I think in terms of eating, even for example, at now I haven't uh, mentioned this to you guys, but I've um, I'm on a calorie deficit at the moment, believe it or not, um, because when I was out injured and I spent a lot of time in India, I put on weight and it was unnecessary. For me personally, um, I think, okay, it's good. Yeah, you need to eat healthy. You need to make sure you maintain the right amount of calories and not having excess body fat to be at a professional level and not be deemed as unfit to play uh, professional. I think me personally, sometimes I make choices, uh, choices and the healthy foods, for example, something like hummus, it's healthy but it has a lot of calories in. Something like nuts, healthy, but has a lot of calories in. So I think for me personally, that is where um, I have seen now learning more about nutrition and working with a nutritional coach with my brother. Um, I've I've seen, okay, there's healthy foods, but eating too much of them is not going to be good for you. Um, I think like Val touched on um, the 80-20 uh, rule. I think... Everything in moderation um, is is okay um, in terms of when it comes to eating, um, whether that's foods like peanut butter, too much of it is obviously not going to be good for you, but um, the right amount of healthy fats is ideal. Um, same goes for um, dark chocolate, great for recovery, um, antioxidants, if you have it a bit before three to four hours before you sleep, yeah, ideal, but too much is obviously um not going to have the same effect so um i'm curious to know your thoughts on that val if you've um experienced something similar or through your knowledge um how could you uh leave the in the uh, the listener with um with a bit of advice there yeah yeah i i I was just thinking about it as well when you both speaking i think the biggest takeaway one can take from the episode today is uh you need to find your own nutritional path in that sense for example for nick it was the binge eating that, that uh, initiated the nutritional factor. For me, it was um, converting from a vegetarian and being diagnosed uh, with lactose intolerance that got me on this hook. And uh, for example, also a little insight, I've tried to stick to 100% and a healthy diet, cutting out every junk food, added sugars, when I tried the 75 hard challenge by David Goggins. But I ultimately failed because uh, on day 53, when on the first day of uh, vacation with my friends, I uh, dislocated my shoulder and um, it just all fell apart. 
And uh, I want to be honest, on that day, I actually cheated. I cheated on the challenge, and I don't want to say it's karma or anything, but I I just personally uh, think it restricted me too much, and it, it, it made a big mental uh, aspect on myself. And currently, I, I, I am getting more and more into the space of mental work for footballers, and that it, it should be uh, put more emphasis on. And I think this part of nutrition, uh, of course, it's a very, very important aspect, but um, you need to find a strategy that works for you. Not everything that works for Charlie or for Nick or for myself works for you guys out there. So I think you need to t uh, test and try and optimize. Um, and that's what you do in, in all aspects of life with your training. You optimize and see how it goes. So I think that's the biggest lesson I learned from you guys today finding different perspectives and I think it's very inspirational that you guys are doing this and sharing your knowledge about it. No, brilliant. I'm curious to know, uh, Nick and Val, your thoughts on have you experienced uh, stress eating and um, for example, if you're injured, like you just touched on, you uh, indulged in a bit of junk food. Have you guys had similar experiences? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, basically, I've I've never actually um, looked at my nutrition uh, when I was uh, injured or when I was performing at high level. So uh, I don't, for example, eat in a calorie deficit um, or binge eat at some points. I always think it's it, the balance matters, and um, that's that's the key takeaway I can I can say. Yeah, I'd say um, for me personally. My nutrition's not great now even. Like, I'll say that I'm still trying to learn. I mean, the past seven months whilst I've been in Germany, it's probably been the hardest nutritionally-wise because I've had to... I mean, I've only just got a kitchen in the past two weeks. Every other meal, basically, I had to go to the shops and I, I might not have a kitchen that week, right? So there'd be most weeks where I am accidentally in a deficit of a 1,000 calories, right? This is... When I first started counting calories, I was purposely putting myself in a deficit of 1,000 calories. Then come Sunday, I'd be completely under, undernourished and I'd have to... Like when it first started off, binge eating, I started consciously doing it, right? But you start having a pattern and your body your body does like binge eating. It's very rewarding. It's, it's, it's short-term rewards, right? Which is why people like alcohol because it's... You get such a quick reward for doing barely anything and then afterwards you feel horrible but that quick spike of whatever hormone is released through eating or through drinking it outweighs the regret sometimes and for me doing that over and over again it creates habit right and for me the past seven months it's been the hardest it's ever been and I haven't been tracking calories or anything like that I've, I've been trying to be more relaxed because that's what my nutritionist was telling me to do but I didn't find that helped me at all and there's still days where I'll under eat and then the next day I completely overeat because that's just what my body does your body isn't meant to be in a caloric deficit at all that's not how you're wired and it is if you're in a caloric deficit that is disordered eating to a degree you as I said your body isn't actually meant to be in a deficit you are meant to be consistently a similar weight Yes, you have fluctuations, but you're not meant to be in a deficit of 7,000 calories. That's outrageous, right? So, for me, I'll still have days where I completely overeat because the day I completely... I didn't eat enough because, as I've mentioned, 
I've, I've had to go to the shops to buy every meal previously. And so this habit, I still have to work my way out of it. And I don't have any support currently because I'm here by myself doing it. I'm working it out. I don't have much money to spend on a dietitian, chef, meal services, anything like that. And it, 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 it's very difficult for my personality type and then also my situation. And I think that as a footballer, it's so difficult, especially because you do have to meet these expectations and standards that I don't meet personally. And this really, if anyone really knows me, this this annoys me to the deepest part. And um, it doesn't represent my obsession with football. It doesn't represent my obsession with anything. It doesn't represent my professionalism. And that's what digs deepest at me. But I think that if people really knew what my situation is, they'd probably have a bit more understanding and maybe I would have more success in that. But I think that it's it's very situational for each footballer because the same obsession that you guys showed or detail that you guys showed got you the results but didn't get me the results, if that makes sense. And that's where it's... it's yeah, it's, I think it's individual, Nick. Obviously, your situation now with living out of hotels and apartments for the last seven, eight months, it's obviously not going to be ideal for having the right meals and finding supermarkets, being able to cook and... And when you're uh, living with families, etc., you're, you're going to be eating their sort of meal. So you will never find your routine. I think the routine comes once you're like living with the same family or you're living by yourself and you know exactly what you have. The majority, for the most part, I'm sure you guys are the same. You tend to go to the same foods and and have the same meal times each day. And um, I just wanted to touch on that. Um, for me personally, I've experienced um, if I'm stressed, for example. Um, not so much anymore, but in the past, um, for example, if I had a if I had a day at training where I didn't do so well, or I had a game and I just knew I could have improved on the game, I would like that evening. It would be a Saturday evening normally if I played the game uh, at three o'clock on a Saturday. That evening, I would just I would just overindulge in so much food, like not not even bad food, just like granola. Like yogurt, like I love peanut butter, so a lot of peanut butter, and it would, it would be to the point where I'd physically feel sick. Like I would, yeah. I would literally feel so sick, and be like, "Why the hell I've just done that?" And then I'll go to sleep, and I'd be like, "Oh, you, you're actually stupid." But anyway, now when I feel that same kind of stress coming, I have things in place now, like meditation, etc., and uh, breathing methods. But, um. If you guys experience something similar, which I wish my past self would have known, is as soon as that you're about to take that next bite or whatever it is, whether it's uh, crisps, chips, chocolate, you go, this habit no longer serves me and I'm no longer the person that overindulge in these type of foods. And just put it down straight away. Even if you're halfway through that packet or halfway through that chocolate bar, put the thing down because when the next time it happens, you'll... Remember that situation. You remember you have the self-control and you have the mindset to um, overcome that little phase of um, eating the wrong stuff because you know it's, you're not going to feel great after. It's only that instant gratification. So I think um, that's my two, uh, two pence on that. Just quickly on that though. So let's say if you're under eating completely like what I was and you, you it starts off, you actually can't think you can't think straight because you're under eating, right? For me, for example, I would literally, I wouldn't remember that I'm binge eating because I'm always, you know, like those experiences where you're out of your body and you don't even know what you're doing. You're just, you're just doing, you're, you're in your, I think your prefrontal cortex and all of your things are just subconscious. You're just, 
it's survival mode, right? That's where you, like Charlie, when you're talking about, you're able to make those clear decisions. That's where it's, you, this is just a craving. It's nothing more than that. You have complete control, right? Where you don't want to get to as an athlete specifically, and it can be very easy for athletes to get to this because if we have a caloric expenditure of 4,000 calories in a day, that means you've got to eat 4,000 calories to sustain that. You could only be eating 1,000 calories. You've got 3,000 calories left for the day. You probably will be feeling tired, fatigued. You'll be going all habitual, all of these things. You might be not drinking enough water, all these things. It might not be easy to put that thing down. This is where you've got to work with nutritionists, right? Yeah, I think that's key. Like what you just said there is key. Nutritionists and obviously we're not experts. We're not doctors by any means. We've obviously done our own research and had our own experiences. But definitely if you're going down that path, even putting on weight, I think to a certain degree, um, to do it the right way, like don't dirty bulk, yeah. eat junk, um, unless you're a bodybuilder, etc. But if you're a footballer, try and maintain like, good whole foods and and I, I try to live by one ingredient foods. And if it has multiple ingredients in it, then obviously it's not going to be great for you. Yeah. I would just uh, give a small take to to what Charlie just said and Nick as well. I would expand uh, even further. Of course, it is important to have a nutritionist, you know, uh, who you can trust and rely on and that works for you. But I would also expand it in terms of you need a great coach, uh, not only like a the physical coach, but also like a mental coach who can help you. You need uh, good people who surround you, and to just that that trust you and that you trust in that help you get where you want to be, or what you want to get. I think Val, that is so important. And if you do have someone in your family that if you're in a weight loss journey, and they said something in the past and want to do something similar, get them involved. Like. Do it with your family member or do it with your friends. Accountability. Yeah. And then you might go through similar things or uh, go on a Facebook group chat and a weight loss group chat or weight gain, muscle gain group chat. Just like helpability from other humans is key because it's so hard to do it by yourself. Yeah, definitely. Just quickly, guys, I just want to shift the focus. We've kind of given our philosophies, our experiences with and, and, and strategies with nutrition, right? Val, I just want to touch on briefly... Uh, your own, I guess, processes and experiences in specifically protein. Now, guys, Val has his own protein company that is coming to fruition and it's it's all coming to fruition quite soon, right? And the reason why Charlie and I were so interested on getting Val as our podcast guest, as mentioned, was because we saw this obsession to the details to these really small things and it was it was brilliantly put to charlie and i and we 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 really wanted to get val on so that he could talk about i guess the experiences that he's had the things that he's learned val was lactose intolerant so am i and the way that he adapted to his footballing schedule and his nutritional needs so val if you could just go into depth specifically about your experiences with protein products and how your new product has, I guess, really shifted uh, your momentum to sustaining footballers, athletes, anyone who can use protein products to benefit them sustainably and long-term. Yes. Um, so basically, there, I had some big issues with the whey protein market in the past, like I told you about, uh, with the lactose intolerance. 
70% of the current whey protein market are uh, products are not lactose intolerant. And uh, currently on earth, we have 70% uh, of the population who have a small um, lactose intolerance, maybe very little or very, uh, very severe. But in general, the market is still way too focused on lactose uh, products because the manufacturing is very cheap. And the number one ingredient that, that has lactose, high lactose amount that causes digestive issues and whatnot is whey protein concentrate in that sense. From, pers from a manufacturer's perspective, it's very cheap to, um, to produce and it's, it's a filler in that sense because you can punch the, the, the powder. And basically what I created is my brand is called Synth. Uh, we're launching very soon. And uh, I would not even declare my product as a protein powder, but more as a performance and recovery shake suited for athletes in particular to increase uh, and uh, improve athleticism. I also specifically advocate on the term uh, athleticism because I also believe that the, the marketing of the whey protein market uh, has shifted a little bit too, too much towards bodybuilding and uh, buffing up like, uh, like a big guy. And um, products are missing for athletes in particular, more in particular endurance athletes. And uh, overall, the knowledge uh, is missing for many uh, young athletes out there. And uh, we need to try and edu educate more people on how to effectively use and consume protein. Because um, how are digestive issues caused at the moment by protein products that in theory should help you and benefit you? not cause you any side effects like digestive uh, issues or acne, which were two problems I, which I faced a lot when taking uh, the normal supermarket products, is um, we need to start looking at uh, how much protein we consume per serving. So um, our body can only tolerate roughly 25 to 30% per sitting. And if you think about it, uh, usually a shake, like a whey protein shake, which is uh, filled with milk and the protein itself, often comes with 40 grams already. If you think about it, your body takes up the shake in 30 seconds and you don't have to uh, wonder why you get digestive issues because your body is, is in a hyperlapse of uh, trying to digest all this down to a meter. It's a very complex topic and I'm trying to sh uh, share some transparent and um, inf uh, educational information on the subject, but uh, I will also discuss some further information with Nick and Charlie about the subject and try to educate you guys out there and to try to make better choices. But um, the options and the education are missing for athletes in particular. Yeah, it's great to hear your insight because I think that the uh, detail to lactose intolerance specifically is quite important because as you mentioned, there is such a high percentage of people who do react sensitively to lactose uh, I guess products and me specifically I, I relate and um sorry um this is part of it basically I'm looking at something I wrote on the 7th of this month so literally a few days ago um and it says because this is when I started kind of my calorie uh, deficit if you like and it says everything that goes into your body win moderation plus healthy and then it has the date and I think that is key sorry to cut you off is um having like reminders to look at also um but the self accountability is the most important um 
to do anything but if you have disorders and things like this um definitely seek a doctor or a professional great point charlie i think that yeah visual cues reminders everything like that to keep you on track and as i was saying without um the the attention to detail of how these these one percent really do make up the big picture and yeah i think that that's what charlie and i really see about and that's what we really love to uh, promote Unsculpted. And Charlie, I just want to quickly ask you, are there any specific questions you had uh, for Val uh, before we asked him his three ways that he sculpts himself on a daily basis? Um, so the main question I'll ask for Val is about the advice he would give to an athlete that is starting his journey, that knows nothing about nutrition yeah. and wants to be a professional athlete. Um, and then I'll ask him a follow-up question about the anyone and what the advice he would give them would be. So the first question is, someone starting their journey and wants to be a pre professional athlete and knows nothing about nutrition, what is one piece or two pieces of advice you would give them? Um, yeah, so basically I am as well. I have not studied uh, any nutritional uh courses or whatsoever i can only speak from my experience and i've i've um, researched a lot in the past two years because of starting my own supplements industry and uh, supplements business but what i can say is that if you try and start out don't get too frustrated if if it doesn't work out uh, directly and uh, just like charlie said um, he's focusing on single ingredient uh, meals currently and i would uh, also suggest you try out these different things and uh, maybe consult with a nutritionist that you again trust and that you have a good connection to and that can help you out because those are the guys who essentially uh, study this, those topics and uh, who are much better uh, in, in terms of what information they have, what uh, can work for you. But uh, as well, I, I would say everyone is individual and uh, like we just heard in the episode, um, between me, Charlie, and Nick, uh, I'm a big advocate of, of a balanced diet and uh, maybe it doesn't work for everyone, but that's just how I currently live and what works for me. I've tested a lot and I would suggest you guys test and optimize and uh, test and optimize. So, yeah. Love that. Val, the other question that Charlie had was for anyone. I, I think I've, I think Val answered that as, as well. It, the, I was thinking when you were answering that, Val, is there any advice or tips and tricks you could give someone who's maybe not an athlete and just works a regular nine to five or an office job and yeah. is, is trying to maintain their nutrition? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have one, one specific advice, actually. It's uh, very simple. It's uh, being prepared. So, for example, um, having snacks available, maybe having a meal plan of uh, what you stick to, always having one kind of protein with every snack or meal because essentially why uh, do so many athletes go to binge eating or eating junk food because it's the temptation they have you know you have a long intensive work day or a long intensive uh, training session and you have a long commute home and you pass by a mcdonald's or a, a supermarket you know and it the temptation is there to quickly grab something uh, which maybe in that moment uh, uh, gratifies you and um, but you have to already try and think two steps ahead in order to prepare yourself. You know, have maybe 
a packed lunch with your packed snack, a, a protein shake, a, a, a granola bar, something like this. I like this. Uh, implement those routines into your day. Uh, stick to meal plans. Stick to simple ingredients. I would say this is for any one out there who wants to improve on their nutrition. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. I think that's um a very very good point to just put put it out there for anyone who is looking to improve one percent, two percent. Nutrition has a large picture in the whole picture, if that makes sense. When we talk about one percent, nutrition is maybe a bit more than one percent. But it's 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 awesome to hear these little details of how people can really, I guess, as we were just talking, then start their journey or refine their journey. And that being said, Val, um, as we kind of wrap up the podcast now, I'd love to hear three ways that you sculpt yourself on a day-to-day basis and how you improve and refine your practices. Yeah. So my first piece of advice and what I sculpt myself with is basically if you want to win the day, win the morning. I'm a big fan of um, starting off early, not like exceptionally early like five or six in the morning you know charlie uh sometimes does it and um, it works for him again but for example for me it doesn't but i like to chip away in the morning get my my most challenging tasks off because i know sometimes in the afternoon i get a dip off of low energy and i just want to be prepared for that so if you want to win the day win the morning Second of all, uh, a big one that I, that I learned in the past uh, three to four months, uh, believe in yourself uh, and uh, be proud of what you already achieved because um, there are many maybe also close to you who maybe don't believe into, in your journey. Uh, but essentially, who's the one who's going to make it? And um, that's going to be you. So you need to be the number one in your life uh, believing in yourself, in in your dreams, you 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 have the the possibility of dreaming, and that's the the cool thing of life. You know, it's free. Everyone can dream, and uh, but it starts off with believing in yourself. Also, if others laugh uh, or maybe you don't believe in you. And my final one is uh, a big one, uh, which I discussed with Charlie as well. Uh, just starting out, just committing, and. Um, it's, it's vulnerable at the beginning, you know, starting off with posting on social media, for example, or starting off with different training um, techniques or, or training with different clubs, as I can imagine for Nick, you know, but he committed. He went from Australia to Germany to commit to his, to his dream of becoming a pro. And uh, I would just say a simple one, just start. Uh, you know, you will make mistakes and I'm a big fan of making mistakes i've learned already so much i, di- I didn't ha- i don't have a degree in business for example but uh, i've created a, a startup already and uh, i'm very thankful for for having gone through these different situations also in terms of nutrition so those are the three points i sculpt myself with every single day to improve and um, yeah I'm, I'm still at the beginning of my professional journey i have big plans and i believe in myself and uh, yeah thank you guys for having me yeah, but just quickly, Val, I have two questions on that. Uh, with with your second point, with your belief, I think it's very easy for us to say believe in yourself, right? Can you give us one way that helped you start to believe in yourself? One way. Um, for example, where I'm at right now, I play professionally in Greece. 
of course there there was a lot of things involved for example i've got the opportunity from my coach uh, but I also always believed in my journey. I come from a small, not professional club uh, from Germany in Hamburg. Uh, many people are laughing about or, or asking me how, how I've accomplished this. And I would break it down to myself being committed to the dream and uh, working every single day of wanting to become a professional, uh, sculpting and uh, planning my, my, my life towards football because I, I ultimately wanted to do this. I, I, I've moved to Greece on my own. And I have some issues with nutrition there because it's there. There are not so many options. I have to see what works for me there. And the club doesn't provide any meals or whatsoever. So I think the first thing is that you you believe in yourself and that you don't get uh, afraid of of any uh, other opinions. And I've worked so so for, uh, so much for this in the past ten years where where I started football. Why should I stop now? Uh, you've worked so hard, you committed, so just keep on going. And with that, Val, I think uh, your belief in yourself comes from your your alignment with your morals, if that makes sense. So when you were saying that you believed in yourself because you were working towards this goal, you were training towards this thing, you were that belief came with reassurance that you were doing the work necessary and you were doing all of these things in accordance with yourself and that's where i think your belief comes from which also ties into your third point of just doing it right you just doing it allowed you to believe in yourself because you had that you had that conviction to give it 100 percent, even if you failed right you were saying no, that's a good thing that you failed you 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 openly like to fail or not necessarily like to fail but you like to learn from your failures and what your main point is for your third your third point i believe is the conviction to start is derived from that belief that you can do that no matter what the outcome is because you're going to be better off for doing it than not. Yeah. Perfect. Charlie, is there anything you want to quickly uh, touch on? No, I think that wraps it up for today. That was brilliant. Um, and thanks for having and your perspective, Val. That was brilliant. Thank you, guys.